Hello, hello. Welcome back to Two Kims. One pad. I'm your host, Peter Kim, and that's... Anji Kim. My top was Christmas in L.A. I, I really didn't think it was going to be that nice or cool <laughs> because no one's around. All my like immediate friends left, and my brother was like going to go hang out with someone else. So it, it felt like it was just going to be like yeah. nobody. But Eric and I ended up getting invited to a Christmas Eve thing by Ooh. some friends mm-hmm. and then a Christmas Day brunch and then Willy Wonka thing. So it was really cool. And then yesterday we had a little raclette at the house, which is a um, tradition from Eric's family. It's like um, cheese and different things that you cook on a like a it's almost like KBBQ a little bit. But like you you have these little like slider things that you cook under like a heated plate. And um, it was cool. It was we had my brother over, our friend Mike over, and it was just like a cute little tradition that we made into more of an asian thing we had kimchi and different pickles and um like asian sauces you know like chinese chili oils and stuff like that it's usually like a swiss thing so they it's very like mustard heavy um potato heavy meat heavy but we we lightened it up so it's, that was it's the called, top for this week. the the process is called raclette because like it's from my experience it is a part of apresky culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm familiar. Uh, also, it's of course. It, <laughs> <laughs> when I think of Unji Kim, I think Apresky culture, um, Swiss Alps. Yes. And so I, I got really into it because I was just like, you know, it's like just a part of white culture that you know. Uh, and yeah, my impression and my understanding of it is that like it is actually. Um, like a big round of cheese that is melted slowly and then you like slice like slive you like kind of slide the cheese off of it onto onto bread that's is the that- raclette cheese that's okay. like the actual raclette cheese uh-huh. that they like melt onto and slide onto things so that's like what the original is like at home when you do it you buy raclette cheese and then you like melt it on these little things and you melt it over your bread or your potatoes or your bread. Okay, so it's like fondue yeah. reverse. You're dipping, you're dripping yeah, the you're cheese on. You're not on dipping. two things. Yeah, you're not yes. dipping the thing into cheese. That's correct. Yeah, they yeah. just call it a reverse fondue. Um. I think they tried it. It didn't test well. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your top? That, was, that sounds that very was quaint. Top. That sounds very quaint and beautiful. It's very quaint. And, you know, L.A. Christmas is usually I get a little depressed because no one's around and it just quintessentially doesn't feel like Christmas. No, it's not cold. You know, there's no um, there's not a lot of like Christmassy things, Kris Kringle Mart type of things, you know, like you you just like it it evokes cold and winter season, winter solstice time. And it just doesn't feel like that here. But um, it was really nice. to. There's a lot of Chicago people left, a lot of people who didn't want to go home to their I guess shitty families. So that was that was a good way to spend it. Um, my bottom of the week is also Christmas related. My I called my mom um, a couple of days before Christmas because I knew I would like either forget or whatever. So I was like, let me check in because mm-hmm. I hadn't heard from her all December since she left Thanksgiving. Right. So I was like, all right, let me check in on her because yeah. we've we texted here and there, but I haven't talked to her. And I'm like, something seems like it's up. Maybe she's like sick or because usually when she's sick, she goes off the, you know, the the airwaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she she doesn't. She goes, uh, you know, non radio silent. So, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I didn't want to wear you. That kind of nonsense. Right. So wow. I call her. She picks up and she's like huffing. Mm-hmm. No, your mom is. She's letting me know. Attached. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's calling me coughing. She's, she wants you to be responsible. Yeah, she she, she arrive no. at my house and refuse to come inside, but wearing a full mask, and yeah. <laughs> if my mom lived near me, she would act exactly the same. I think so fucking toxic. Okay. Yeah. So my mom <laughs> is like huffing and puffing, and I'm like, "Where are you going? What's going on? You have a bum foot. You're she's supposed to have foot surgery, but she's afraid to go under. Yeah, because she feels like she won't wake back up." I mean, I, and I was, I agree. And I, I get, get it. it. Yeah, I get it. You know, you're in your 60s. You know, it happens. And 
I'm like, all right, well, you have a bum foot. Where are you going? She's like, I'm running to my next job. And I'm like, what do you mean next? I thought you got fired from that department store. And she says, yeah, I got fired, but I had to get another job. So I'm working at a doctor's office as just like an assistant um, doing like files and stuff or whatever, computer stuff. And she's running to her next job, which is um, handmade mandu maker. And she makes $4 per bag of mandu, which contains 27 pieces of mandu. What is and that? I was an like, hourly what? Rate? $4. It she takes do- <laughs> one bag in an hour. That's why how fast she, her why is she her hands duped, are moving. Why is she being duped in this way? Let me tell you. This is uh. why it's my bottom. So I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And then she tries to give me this. She goes, oh, it's not even for money. Like, I do it for meditation. And I'm like, bitch, when did you start meditating? Mandu when? meditation? I don't think Ma- so. Mandu <laughs> meditation? Girl. Title Girl. of that. Mandu meditation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Hi, money, please. I'm like, you, when do you have, when have you ever decided to hold your thoughts inside and look inward? That's, this has never happened to you before. And so I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. And she goes, no, no, it's like, when, when I'm like making mandu with my hands, yeah. I don't think bad thoughts. And I'm like, what what do you mean what? bad what you thoughts yeah, what are you mean? talking yeah. about you've gone 66 years not meditating ever and saying every bad thought you had in your mind out loud having like, so many wh- bad thoughts <laughs> yes and never keeping them to yourself like what the fuck are you saying and then she finally tells me okay fine i got kicked out so it turns out her older sister one year older was screaming at her about some nonsense. By the way, who, she has told me that she is not allowed to bring people over. She's not allowed to drink in front of her. Yeah. She's not allowed to like watch anything. She's not allowed to have certain foods in the fridge. Like she lives in like communist North Korea. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? She's like in uh, she, she's in overhead. Yeah, yeah. Basically, she's like, there's no way I could live with this woman. She's been telling me this for a year. So I'm like, okay. And she goes, well, I finally stood up to her. And she said, get the fuck out. And now I have to leave. And I was like, no, you don't. What do you mean? Why? And she was like, she, so she, her yeah, pride is sure. hurt. Pride. So yeah, she's sure. like, she, she said, well, you know what? You want me to leave? Then fuck you. I'm leaving. And I'm like, you have nowhere to go. You don't, you, can't, like, well, you can't afford to have this much pride. You don't have making you, four dollars an hour. You, you making you, money. <laughs> you don't have enough pride in the bank. You can't write a check for this much pride. No one's giving you a loan, a pride loan. Nobody. Okay, I don't know where you're getting. <laughs> your you're credit, overflowing. Your credit score is horrible. <laughs> Zero. It's negative. You have negative pride. You should at least, but she has too much pride because this is again toxic Korean family shit. So she's like. Fuck you, I'm leaving. And her sister's like, where are you going to go? And she's like, yeah, oh, watch yeah, me. Yeah. So this was a week ago. She found two jobs now, and she's running from job to job, making cash because she has to move out to this studio apartment that her friend's daughter is subleasing f- until May. And I was like, okay, so what's going to happen after May? May? And she was like, I'll have to move again. And I'm like, mother, you're you're pushing 70. Yeah. What are you doing? Just go apologize. Yes. And she was like, I'm I will never apologize. I'd rather die and live in the street than apologize. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> How do I deal with I'm I'm in my 40s. I can't she's burned every fucking this happened. Remember we talked about this mm-hmm. during our uh, live show in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, she has no bridges left. There's nobody else to go to, and and she was like, "Oh well, it's gonna be a sad Christmas for her." And I was like, "It's a sad Christmas for you. For you, you have no home. You have no home. You have nowhere to live. You're homeless." <laughs> no, okay. So this is crazy. The level of pride that is being tr- pride checks that are being written out. It's crazy. So literally, I just had this conversation with my father. He doesn't want to go to Korea. I'm like, we'll like, we'll pay for you. He doesn't want to do it. 
And I don't understand why. What, what do you, wait, set it up for us. Why is why do you want him to go to Korea? Because he's about like they're old, like Chishuto then then they're like, you know, Hambando like you know like just go back one time. He's got family there. My mom hasn't okay. seen you know what I mean? Like he's he's been here for so long. He's got family uh-huh. there. He my my he has a very big extended uh, in law family as well. Um okay. it's not like nobody is there. There's a lot okay. of people there. Um and he doesn't want to go. It's why? like I don't know. It's the same reason why he doesn't speak oh. to his sister. Just cut. Which is what? Chajun's team. Like literally, like something happened where my mom oh, doesn't it's even a know. fight. They're fighting. They're fighting. No, something happened. Oh, okay. He snapped. That makes sense. <laughs> But it's like that what? makes sense. But, it mean, makes sense. It's like, he's Korean and he's old. There's no way to come back from ego death, like not ego death, but like the the like fragility of a Korean man's ego. Uh, but a small slight, a small that's slight. What our, that's what our culture is based on. That's what our culture is based on. The tiniest slights, and we're holding it on. It's so toxic. And they will. They would rather be alone than ever deal with that. That's what I mean. It's, it's so nuts. crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Like sometimes you just it's have nuts. to swallow. This is how You're I right. literally. I, yes, I literally looked at my father and I was like, "This is how you exist in a family." I was like, "If I talked to you, like opposite, like whatever." Like I, I looked at him. I was like, "I would never have spoken to you again. We wouldn't exist. You wouldn't." I, exactly. I'm like, I'm, exactly. I'm, I am saving my pride. I'm I'm stacking it up in the in the bank so that when I have enough I can really cash the check that I want. You know what I that's mean? Right. And it's Compound gonna be Compound credit. That's right. That that check will not bounce and I can <laughs> I can I can walk out head head held high. Yeah. Yeah. No. Th- they don't they don't they're not operating in the same banking system we are. <laughs> they have so much pride that they'll never run out. They're run. NFT. They're NFT. This is crypto pride. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? Yeah. So she's willing to be homeless, and I'm sitting here going, "Well, I can't fix this. I don't know how to approach solving this. I and have she no also means." Contributed to her own downfall. She spent that money. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. It's nobody else's fault but hers, mm-hmm. and. How do I not feel guilt? How do I not feel absolute shame for not showing my mom? Like taking You're care of her. You're feeling guilt? Wouldn't you? No. <laughs> oh. Well, I do. <laughs> A lot of it. No. This is like how I'm wired. I can't not. I try, I'm trying to get rid of the tethers of that familial shame. You know what I mean? Like, I just, there's nothing I can do to not feel shitty about the fact that I can't provide for my single old mom. Like, I don't know how to divorce my own, like, my part in it. As the oldest son yes, of a single mother yes. who was abused and gave everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's not easy to be like, okay, figure it out. I wish I can. I wish I could be more like you and be like, all right, I'm not, I can, I don't have to talk to you. But I bet you can't either. It's just that you, you have to be around your parents. I don't. That's why you think you could get cold, cut them off. Yeah. You can't. You can't do it. You're the only child. But I ha- That's even worse. That's even worse. But I but I do not have But at least they have each other. They're not alone. Yes, exactly. If if you had a parent alone But Peter There's no also, way. There's also I will say They would okay, live in your home. Okay, so one, there is a different weight to it with you being the eldest son. 100% acknowledge that the K- Korean sort of like similar to only child. Yes, but like the it's, boy, the, oldest, it's the same burden. It, it is the same burden, but like there's something like that is built in that's different from me as a kid. 
Like, I feel it as an adult, just as a kid. Yeah, there's like a gendered expectation. Absolutely. And it is heavy upon your dainty crown. But like you know, you're 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 you know, it's the the crown is heavy. I understand, like the it's burden. It's very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> but I've but, been working my whole adult life trying to get rid of this burden. And the thing is, I understand that it's, it's just uh, the gendered part of it. And when I say that I would cut them off, I'm talking about very specifically this instance. That like, I it's not like I'm trying to teach her a lesson, or it would be like me trying to teach my mom to be like be better with your finances or anything. It's this is a point at which you have to I think I would look at my parents and be like, I can't parent you anymore. Like, I don't think just, I can do that. Yeah. Like, I, that's just like I just one of don't those... think like it's like saying like you. I don't know how to equate this because I don't. I don't have a child, but mm-hmm. I imagine it's like telling your child you're cut off. And that's sometimes you know the best I mean? way to do it. That's why I'm saying I can't parent you. Like this is not like yeah. I am your child, but also the kindest thing I can do is to actually cut you off. Because let me tell you, do you think that like because the best lesson is often learned on their own, right? Like I'm not I don't think I'm not convinced there's a lesson to be learned. This is a burden should- for her the rest of her life. You don't think she's going to eat her pride after like working like this for a couple of months and go back and apologize? 100% she will not. Why do you think she's in Hawaii? She moved across the country out of the contiguous states away from everyone she knew and loved. Why do you think someone does that? Because they evolve? No, it's because they have never changed and have burnt every fucking bridge in their life. From work, yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? Don't you have that Yeah, that's all there's left. And this is a taxation of me being who I am. Sure. Unless she is being taken care of either by my younger brother or a new husband, I ha- There's nothing I can't. I can't live with myself. If I don't take care of her, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is my burden. And now I can't, like, I'm, I'm realizing at, at like in my forties, this is just part of my life. I yeah. will never be rid of this. Yeah. Did you it's think like that herpes. You would be? You, no, you thought you're just you getting flare ups. Yeah. Yeah. But you thought I was you hoping, would be... I was hoping that's why I did therapy. That's There's why no I'm cure. doing drugs. There's no cure. There's no cure for herpes. All I need is for her to marry someone rich and get the fuck out of my life. That is what I'm hoping and praying for. Is that she marries someone and they go get old and die together. That would be my dream. That's my 100% 2024 dream. Is for my mom to like meet some rich guy on vacation in Honolulu. And then him fall head over heels over her. And marry her and devote his entire riches to her name. That is I would my start, wish. I would start. I would start saving. I would start saving. <laughs> <laughs> I would start diverting some funds into a different yeah. trust yeah. type situation. <laughs> yeah, I gotta stop buying pre-ta- so much weed. Yeah, pre-tax. Yeah. Like, gotta figure out something. <laughs> a four hundred one k. Four hundred one k. Like, just kind of. The figure good out. news is, my mom is not that young. So it'll go fast. A blink. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> That is so fucking This is dark. the silver lining. <laughs> That's so fucking dark. Um okay, so <laughs> on that so fucking what, note. What's your top? Yeah, what was your top? Okay, so my top is um Okay, also, yes. Um uh ho- holidays was very good. Um the audio on this is going to sound crazy by the way. Uh, I'm so sorry, listeners and viewers. Um, but uh, Christmas was good. Um, you know, something quiet, whatever. Um, we did Christmas Eve with like um, a Muslim family that we know. Um, that's like kind of a tradition that we do. Uh, and um, that's but, cool. What did you guys do? Just have dinner and I not did. I did like Christmas? a. I did like a dumpling charcuterie. 
Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, it was like shoe, like very small, Fun. like different pot stickers, pierogi, like big mandu. Well, and halal like, meat. I mean, they, yeah, sure, and like you oh, know, they're not, they're not halal. They are, but you know, it's it's oh. fine. It's loose. And then um, okay. egg rolls and crab rangoons, and it was like all this thing Ooh, and sushi. Fun. Yeah. Um, but so my top is this week. I okay. So this is kind of like a goes back to Rogers Park days. So I don't know if you remember. You were here, Peter. Maybe you had just arrived because this is two thousand and eight and nine in Chicago. Were you in Chicago yet? Okay. No. Um, okay, so during that era, 2008 and 2009, this was like the beginning of the YouTube rap beefs that were happening. So like YouTube rappers would like have beef and then someone else would have like a YouTube video in response to that. And it was like real beef. Diss tracks. Yes, diss tracks. And okay. it was like, it's like Young Keef is from this, uh, no, Chief Keef is from this era of okay. like... Mm-hmm rappers and um the the scene in chicago um it was like very uh the beefs were real and uh i was living in rogers park and during that summer there were multiple assassination attempts on this specific rapper and um like it was a drive-by at the mcdonald's down the street and there was also a uh up. Was he was he working at the McDonald's? No, he was just he he was there. He was just there. Yeah, I mean it was an assassin. Oh it was like a drive by. Like this was a, an assassination. Like they were trying to shoot him down in the street. They also planted JFK a style. car. Yes, uh, except reverse, kind of like the Recklet, you know, with the fun. It's a reverse because he was um, okay. Reverse JFK. Re- reverse JFK, and so yeah. um, he uh, he also had a bomb planted in his car. Whoa! Yeah, it's like real assassination attempts, and uh, what this obviously made the news, and that's why I looked him up because of this. Like, that's like that's crazy for a car to be exploded, um, and I we looked up his um, YouTube raps, and uh, we look where my uh, uh, Max and I are looking at his uh, YouTube video, and uh, we're like, this apartment looks really familiar. And we're realizing, like, we can see out his window, he lives in the unit above ours. Because the <gasps> unit is the same. If anything, his is nicer. Like, his crown molding is newer. The paint is newer. He's in a slightly, it's like the same layout. And this video specifically had gotten a lot of play because the a direct, a kind of a famous director was brought on because these guys have a ton of money, cash. And he arrives, so the white guy, he arrives and he's like, all these guys have like guns and they're in this tiny apartment and he's like, I'm out. And then like the, the other guy, the AD was like, I'll do it. So it's, it's crazy. So, um, that summer, like this guy, it's the same era from, uh, I ain't got no phone. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, last night I was hanging out post show, you know, Stand-up comedy, the show this week, like shows before the holidays, after it's all kind of like a weird mush. And it was a good show. And I'm hanging out with one of the comics after the show, and he's telling he tells me that his baby mama, okay, the mother of his child, if it's his daughter, her cousin was the guy that tried to assassinate the rapper. <gasps> Oh my God! What a small world. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> whoa! Isn't that crazy? What that's a so small cra- and, world. And you told him that you live downstairs yes. from them. Yes. Oh my God! That that's so crazy. Full circle. Like it was like it was one of those moments where like one, what a small world. Two, it made me feel like maybe I should get out of Chicago. Like if hmm. if these like loose ties and like a happenstance conversation can bring all these like t- I, like I, you know what I mean like maybe I've made all the web I can make in Chicago I may be done yeah yeah you might have done enough work now that you're one degree off from attempted murder <laughs> I may need to get out of Chicago you might need to go you might need to go to the suburbs Niles yeah. is calling. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's wow, like that's maybe crazy. a little too soon. Is that crazy? And the thing crazy. is, like, I'm I'm someone that really deeply enjoys um like that sort of like completion of things, like that full circle. It really did something for like the yeah. narrative mind, like the full circle of everything. Whew, that's this is a version of Inyun. Which is something we will be talking about in just a couple of minutes. Yes. Um, yes. So this is really calling forward it's crazy. the next part of our podcast. Um, my bottom is, so my bottom is, so I, you know, I took this uh, um, test to like determine whether or not I have ADHD. Uh-huh. I, I got my results back. Uh, s- severely. <laughs> severely got it back. Yes, you mean severely, severely. They threw ADHD. it at you. Yes, severely. Oh, you have severe ADHD. Yes, ADHD. Okay. So what? What does severe mean? Like needs to be restrained. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so it's like part of it is like a it's like a long test. It's like five hours or something, and and part of it is like an IQ test and about attention and all these things, and they like monitor you, and. Peter, when the when the person who had given me the test, who had administered the test, was talking, he like kind of took a pause and was like, "So, um, with regard to your attention span, okay, my IQ was almost special needs because you couldn't." finish the questions in time yeah, I, I, I like can't even or you got everything wrong i got i mean i got a lot of stuff for i mean it was it was 80 you have an 80 iq on that specific thing this makes so much sense <laughs> no i, I have so, been wondering why it's been so hard to do this podcast with you <laughs> I'm dealing with special needs. No, it's 80. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm sorry. no, no, it's crazy. So it's 80. And then the spread between my inattention, like IQ, between my verbal, the spread is like over 40 points. I don't understand what that means. That means from it goes from 80 to the verbal score is like 120. Over, yes. O plus, right? Like over 40 points between my attention and and verbal IQ. Oh, there's a different type of IQ. I didn't realize. That. Yes, yes. They're like testing like different parts of like, and it's giving you a score, like whatever. I don't, I don't really understand. I didn't pay attention. Okay, so your attention's bad. <laughs> your attention's bad. Like and focus and but the it's like, think about how that's crazy. A forty point. That's like yeah. having. Like it's like having a PhD student telling a person with Downs to do their homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you might need a handicap sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, lucky you you're gonna be able to park everywhere. <laughs> if I could Forty, remember- that's that's low. So you that means that your attention span is making your all otherwise normal kind of functioning mm-hmm. IQ go down to a 40. Go down 40 points. Yeah. 40 points. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. So that's you, that's bad news, but good news that you found out. Yeah. But also, I mean, all, all these people are like, oh, yeah, like now you can get Adderall. I'm like... I don't want to start doing meth at 40. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not something I'm interested in. Well, apparently there's an Adderall shortage anyway, so you might not be able to get it. Yeah. But <laughs> I think, well, here's what, okay. my Our other friend, Benda, yeah. was going through the same type of thing, uh-huh. right? Now, I wonder, because I was prescribed Adderall. Oh, when? But back um, in 2016, Oh, wow. Right okay. after I left Second City. Okay. And I remember when I took Adderall, mm-hmm. I didn't, I was so focused. Yeah. But I never ate. And it was, it felt crazy. Yes. Where I hear people with severe ADHD when they're on yeah. Adderall, they feel normal. 
Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. maybe it's worth a try because sure, it's it's basically speed. Yes. But maybe you can get something not so speedy like um Vivance or I don't know, some of the other yeah. stuff that they have. But yeah, at 41 for are we 41? We are 41. Yeah. At 41 to find out that the your I mean, you kind of you had an inkling. Yes. You knew this was yeah. a thing. Yeah. But to get it in black and white, it must be like, fuck. <laughs> the score was alarming. Yeah, I'm alarmed. I'm scared alarmed. for you. I, I was really alarmed. I, I was But just this like, also makes so much sense in how you just are and how you yeah. like how you run your life is this way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean truly it is so, like it, it it is it's crazy. I think it's a good thing, right? It's a bottom to really be told that um you might be in a handicapped area <laughs> but this is what they're saying is that this is so severe that it is handicapping your life sure like it's it's put it's you're probably you're probably feeling those things though not being able to get to things or whatever oh absolutely like, absolutely I, yeah. I understand but i mean also i'm just like always for me i'm like well that just means that i'm uh, whatever so it's 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 it is a bottom insofar as like that score was rough, and um, you were hoping for a, 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 the same diagnosis but a better score. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so you know what was? Like you was, knew what was wrong, but you were like that wrong. The fuck? <laughs> What's crazy is like the guy was like, you know, I understand. Um, I could also tell that um, you were really trying hard. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> because I was like really. You know, because it was an IQ part of it. So I was just like, really, he was yeah. like, I could tell how frustrated you were because you were really trying hard. And like, because sometimes, because they're, because they're monitoring whether or not you're like fucking it up on purpose. Right. Right. right In order to do this. And he was just kind of like, yeah, no, you were really trying. And I was like, yes, you really need this. I really, I was like, I'm actually devastated to find out how badly I did. Oh my God. <laughs> That's rough. Boy, but this is exciting oh, for God. you because I'm really excited for you as your friend because in 2024, this might really change everything. You know what I mean? Like, it could really change things up where you're like, oh, fuck, I feel at a normal pace in my brain. But we'll see. We'll see. TBD. Yeah, that's so exciting. <laughs> yes, being a severe loser. <laughs> No, no. Almost, um, ADHD is, oh, ADHD is like needs. that was a crazy. Yeah, spot. almost special needs. Almost, okay. Almost doesn't count. I mean, like I'm, I'm pretty close <laughs> to not being able to make my own decisions. You know what I mean? Like, you're about to be Britney Spears. <laughs> yes, like parental rights. Like, <laughs> your son's about to be like, here's your allowance. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Um, today we're gonna do something really cool and special. Unje and I have um, watched the same movie. Mm -hmm. We've been, I've been really just so excited to talk about this movie with you guys, with you. Um, and so, if you haven't seen Past Lives with Greta Lee, if um, if you haven't seen it, maybe pause this and then go check out the Patreon. Um, but. <laughs> Right now, we're going to be talking about it. And if you have seen it, let's dive in. So, um, okay, I got to tell you, I saw Past Lives in the theater at, with a Celine song, who is the writer-director, mm -hmm. with her talking back. Cool. And I didn't get to ask any questions, but I had questions for her, so I'm so glad that we're, um, we're digesting this mm -hmm. together. So first off, how fucking hot is Tao Yu? <gasps> Oh my god. I mean, okay, so there is that moment where he comes into their apartment and you know that shot that's like starts and all the way at the end. Yes. Where he comes into their apartment because she, and he's she, visiting yes. and she and he's and about she to leave. Him. So he's like, Yes, so he brings her over, so they're gonna spend all night like they're basically stay up until his flight, right? Yeah. And the shot of him entering the the doorway 
it's his silhouette, like his broad shoulders, his, his shoulders, tall, his shoulders, his back, his back, his tall, <sighs> he's like tall, his hair, like yes. all of it, like and he's and he's ripped. He's jacked. Ripped. Yeah. And he's, you know what's so crazy? You can tell he's ripped, but you never see his body. In the uh, movie. Absolutely. That's the hottest. Isn't thing. that so? I don't. Oh my god. It's yes. So, that. That is so hot to me that they did that. I'm like, you really like fit him mm-hmm. with clothes that really showed him. I off. mean, it's also Korean style, right? It's like very, it's Korean, very yes. Korean style. So that shot where it's his silhouette, his broad shoulders, and then it's, it's a shot of in focus of her husband who is significantly shorter than him. Yes. Wearing, yes. yes. Um, at, like wearing a cardigan, like schlubby, mm-hmm. right? And you watch him cocky. Yes, he. You watch him yeah. take in this guy, this man, this man. Because even scenes before, she had described him as being so masculine yes. and manly in a Korean way, and that was so. I remember when I heard that line, mm-hmm. it hit for me in a way it hit no one else. You know, because you have to be Korean to understand, like. Yeah. You know, like it's different than like manly masculinity, toxic, whatever. It's just like this, like non-toxic masculinity that resides in like Korean men naturally. That yes, I mean yeah, it's like that, it's a part. It's a part of what it is to be masculine. Um, it's distinct than what a Western version of masculinity is. Yes, right. It's yes. very distinct. It's like a soft. Yeah, yeah, soft, quiet masculinity. And to me, it's also like wrist size, the way that like the wrist, like the shape and size of them also. And uh, mm-hmm. the way they, I would say this is the s- similar in both Eastern and Western examples of masculinity, but it is the silent way they take on the burden of others. Yes. yes. Right? Like yes. it's like they will take care of this situation and I will not. I will not ask you uh, for anything in return and you do not have to ask me to take on the burden, right? Mm -hmm. It's that implied part of it. But that shot where he, he takes him in, he's like in a cardigan, he looks schlubby. He looks nevishy, he looks schlubby. And then once he takes in this sight of supreme Korean masculinity, Mm -hmm. you literally watch him become more schlubby. He like crumbles. Yes. (laughs) Like such a subtle way. He had only heard about this yes. guy over and over from his wife that he's obsessed with, and he wants to know more about. Yes. Like, um. So yes, Taeyo Yu was so fucking hot and mask and Korean and like it was such great representation of like Korean uh, uh, men. And I will say that guy, the guy who plays her husband, also played the comedy. John Magaro. Yes. Played the comedy of those situations perfectly. Perfectly. Tonally. Like it really. Yes just was perfect because like even yes. that sort of um way he becomes more schlubby like it is very funny um yeah. and it's so hilarious sm- it, yes yeah, so small <clears throat> like it's so much it, comedy so many like laugh points in the movie between like yes the awkwardness of them all like having to hang out and him hearing about teo through yes. greta's um nostalgia mm-hmm. and the way he and she like you could, he could tell that his wife is lit up in a way that he's never seen before, you know? And it was, it's so like to him, so intriguing that like this woman that he thinks he like knows, they have such a comfortable relationship. Mm-hmm. They have such a close, like lived in relationship. That's like every relationship we know that's long-term, yes. which is like at the core, like friendship. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, he sees her getting lit up by this chutsarang, mm-hmm. this first love. And he feels like, of course, like competitive, but he knows that there's nothing to compete with. So it's this like invisible pressure that he's feeling that like he's like, oh, there's this part of her. There's this man out there that has this huge part of her heart that he's not in. He knows in his mind and his heart that he there's no like losing her to him. Right, but right, but it's it's like that. Yes, I'm it's sorry, that part yeah. that he cannot, he cannot access or be part of. Exactly, he cannot yes. access. It's because they share everything else in their lives together. All parts of mm-hmm. their inner lives are shared. They mm-hmm. all, all the rooms are open to all the 
inside of the house. But there is this one room that he cannot access because it is a part of her past life. Mm-hmm. Like, not only is there a language barrier, but it is simply a lived experience he cannot share because yep. she left it behind. Like, yeah. so just to start from the beginning, I thought the the stage and the set direct, set um, design of each era mm-hmm. was so great like even Perfect. the the slang of the torai like of yes. that era like i remember yes. like yeah. no one uses torai no anymore. one used torai anymore yeah. but like just the language um mm-hmm. and uh, of children specifically and it, it was just so beautiful like the clothes and the backpacks they was just like really conjured up things very specific and then in 2012 when they reconnect there is mm-hmm. so the they she goes uh immigrates uh to canada and i will say that moment when she is uh immigrates one you know what i realized peter that everyone's immigration story like it her experience was so much more similar to max's because they came over later their Mm -hmm. parents her parents spoke enough english Mm -hmm. to navigate things Mm -hmm. they changed Mm -hmm. their last name they changed their first name and thought about it before Mm -hmm. they came Whereas, like, there is no part of the American experience that I was not navigating for my parents. Mm -hmm. And because of our different situation, my parents didn't even think to change my name. No. And her parents were artists. Yes. They were, her father was a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. They were, even when they, like, interrupted right in the beginning, when they're talking about the different names they're going to choose. Yes. And how the sisters were arguing about which name they wanted to yes. be. Like that was that's such a like specific experience mm-hmm. that that would only come from immigration. It's yes. going to live in a different country and becoming someone new and leaving this like first love behind. And a past life, right? Because yeah. there is that moment where she, when she first encounters, um, she's at her school for the first time and you see her with the backpack leaned up against yeah. the wall. She's alone. She's, She's alone and you see her like kind of looking at the lay of the land. Mm -hmm. It is literally the same way that he looks when he's waiting for her at the park Mm -hmm. and he's like kind of alone. It's the same shot and it's the same sort of like feeling of alone and um, feeling left out. Right. So when she when they decide to reconnect, I really felt like, you know, when you. I don't know. Like, did you feel this when you came out? Like, this, like, version of yourself, this, like, you're leaving behind. Like, you're making a kind of, like, almost a conscious choice to Mm. be, like, shutting this door. That's not who I am anymore. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And um, that is, like, an experience that a lot of immigrants have, too, like, about, like, their relationship to... And you see the difference. Because, like, there... You know how there's some people that were... Um, came over when they were like two but also seemed like they were fresh off the boat like there was like no need Mm -hmm. like and then there are other people that like came over three years ago and they look and sound completely American yeah of course it's it's more about why you're coming the status behind the immigration like if you're coming with money and education you're going to assimilate faster than someone who's coming because they're like, we're poor and we have to get, we have to go to find something better, you know, because that was yours and my immigration. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of different types of immigration stories, even in the Korean experience. And her immigration story was way different than mine. But it that feeling of like feeling isolated and alone around a new school is so real and so palpable. And something that Celine did... Um, in this movie that I thought was so interesting was she did a lot of transition, slow, Mm -hmm. deliberate transitions with soundscapes. So the sound of Seoul was so different than the sound of New York and the sound of Montauk (laughs) when she goes out. And, you know, so like there, it, it almost became another character, not by just like, b-roll footage but like hearing the sounds of new york city and how different that sounded from her life in korea you know like it was just so like evocative and at first when she was moving the camera so slowly and panning around cityscapes and stuff like that i was like why this feels so like 
almost corny. Like, why are we doing this? But as she kept doing it, I was like, oh my God, like I, we are experiencing her experiencing new space, like audibly. And it was, that was a really cool way to tell, to like texture the story as well. I mean, the value of silence in a film of that negative space, not only puts like you're you're experiencing the silence and the sounds in real time there is no push there is no uh like Mm -hmm. next arc that we're trying to get to there's no swell of music that we're trying to hit there's like an emotion Mm -hmm. they're being manipulated like she's letting the situation and the space and time and moment speak to you Mm -hmm. and she's giving you the time and space to do and get there it is. Yeah, it and was, she is yeah. a first-time filmmaker, and you know she's directed TV before, but never a feature film. And this was her first. And you know, she talked about how she made it in two thousand. She wrote it in two thousand eighteen, and all these people tried to make her change so many things about mm-hmm. it because they're like, "We love the story, but can we not have it in Korea? Can we fake it? Yeah, can, because of budget, can we go to Koreatown and film it here?" And she's like, "No, no, no. Everything has to be like." Um, the, the her her whole thing about being a playwright and difference about screenwriting is that on on stage you can't show the um, antagonist of this film, which is time and space. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so beautiful because there's no there's no bad guy in this film. Like no. it's just the fact that they can't be together and all this time that they are apart that becomes the villain of the film. And to show that you have to do it in film. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Because it's neutral. It's actually neutral, yeah. And it's not, and she talked about how, like, people, a lot of, like, film students come up to her and say, like, oh, this was so tragic and blah, blah. And But she talks about how she doesn't think it's a tragedy. No. Because everyone gets what they want. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so brilliant. And it's true. Like, Teo, except for, I think, I don't know. One part about the movie that I didn't necessarily completely buy into is after their reunion of Skype and all that, mm-hmm. that he that they still this yearning was so strong that they would want to spend this time together again after that. You know what I mean? Like because it was still friendly. Sure. And there wasn't this kind of like relationship that was built. So for her to get married and, you know, have this whole life to look back at a life she left behind and possibly reconnected to didn't feel like maybe strong enough Mm -hmm. for her to like cry at the end, which I love that scene. I love the scene where (laughs) she's like slowly walking back to her life and she the sound of her foot, feet. yeah, her feet yes. hitting like the metal. Yes, mm-hmm. really like mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and she's just like keeping it in until she finally collapses on her husband's mm-hmm. arms. And he holds her while she cries into his arm. Mm-hmm. And Celine Song, the director, explained that scene about how it's a release for her. But for him, he finally gets to know his wife better. And that's all he wanted yeah. because the, the whole film, he's trying to speak Korean to her mm-hmm. the way he's they're wrapped up together in bed and yeah. they speak to each other in Korean. That really reminded me of <laughs> me and Eric. Yes. Same. And how like that kind of interracial of, relationship of works. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not something you and Max are trying to get into. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I agree that, that it's like there is no that there's a, ultimately it's a love story. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a love story and in all of its forms, like it's a love story of like young love. It's a love story between these two people, like when they were young, but only over like Internet, like Skype. That's, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, and it's real and it's tangible, especially like the way that um Korean people and like like yeah, like it's it's just very like emotional, right? They're revealing these things. There's this ease between yes. you two. That's that's a relationship, and then the, I mean, it's just like all of it feels like 
love and even the fact that they come back and they share this sort of like idea of like inyan and like how this destined destined or preordained like thread that seems to bring mm-hmm. them back together mm-hmm. that is something like the way yeah, that it's like your upstairs murderer <laughs> it just keeps coming back <laughs> into your life that's a type of inyan <laughs> I mean, truly, like, uh, that's what, yeah. I mean, when you talk about that pull or, like, why you didn't buy it and it's just, like, that is the pull, like, that sort of, the, the tragedy of middle age is that you're not allowed to, um, I don't know even if it's a tragedy, but the reality of it is that, like, there are the, all the moments and, like, your heartbreaks and all this stuff or even small disappointments kind of like take on this level like it's it is neither good nor bad it simply is the inexorable inexorable um like push of time will always always win and mm-hmm. um it is neither good nor bad it simply is and like i liked that part of it whereas like mm-hmm this guy coming back the way that they loved and there was no regret. Mm-hmm. Right. It was. Yeah. Because you know, when I, when you see the, the trailer for it, or, you know, when you start like seeing the things for it, you're like, your my mind starts like completing the narrative already. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay, she comes back into her life. It's something it's, it's the one that got away basically. Yes. And you know, maybe she has heard the drama is, you know, that she has to deal with the fact that, like, do I stay? Do I go? Right. Do I choose him? Do I choose him? Because he's not the one that it's got away. It's not he's that at, at all. all. He's not the one who got and away. He's, he's the one that from he, then. Exactly. There was no. She was not trying to catch him. He was not and the one And it never to be. materialized into the, the thing. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like fate kept presenting them to each other, mm-hmm. and it kept not clicking into the thing that we want it to be, right? Sure. We as the audience wants it to be. And that's why I think this, the theme and the feeling of fate and inyun was so, what's so beautiful about uh, in the film is that like, this is a type and they say it right at the end when he gets in the cab, he says, I'll see you at the next one, you know, yeah. in, in the next life. We'll, I'll see you at the next life because they knew that their past lives before this one had kept bringing them together. Maybe they were together or mm-hmm. whatever. Exactly. And and they just didn't click this life. But that means that their next life, they're coming back together in a way to click again. And then or, not or click, maybe not. Or again, maybe or not. not or maybe exactly. the Indian is but always to just pass each other. Yes. Exactly. And that's like that's and that's like sort of the beauty it's a thousand, of it. What do they call it? A thousand. A thousand. Yeah. Uh, Eight thousand lives or mm-hmm. loves like yes. layered into the thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just so beautiful. And uh, I hope I hope they win for best direction, best screenplay. The acting was incredible. I yes. hope Tao Yu and Greta. Be, you know, what did you think of Greta's uh, Korean? It was pretty good, right? Yeah, and it was perfect for that type of character who like yes. had left and yeah. You always have problems with hung on to it, and that's crazy because Peter, you always have problems with people's Korean. But you know what? I just I do. And yeah. she did a great job because and I saw an interview where she was like, I really worked on that yeah. because my parents were very uh, afraid that I was going to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I got to go. Um, is that is, okay. that is that a wrap? That's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, leave us some comments about past lives if you'd like and check out the Patreon and we'll see you next year. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy Bye. New Year.